What's going on, boys? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. This is the fucking Fight Club. Today we recapping UFC Paris, UFC Paris for all my French followers out there. But before we jump into this, go down and like the video and do us a favor and subscribe to the channel. And as always, your host for the show, Paul Pickham Winham Concha, and I'm joined with the one and only. Hey man, hey, it's your boy Lil KK. AKA the Dom PYE, but niggas be forgetting, man. Um, the people's chip. You feel me? Niggas be number forgetting. No, I'm saying no, number one, you feel me? But we talking UFC niggas in Paris. You feel me? That's what I watch. That's what I watched this motherfucking Saturday. It was a great fucking card. And I know we want to just talk the main event, co-main event. But Paul, there's so much funny shit that happened on this. I was on the live stream. Shout out comedian Romeo Mac. I was with that boy. We was having the time of our lives. Make sure you get that boy and something to like, you feel me? But what was some crazy shit that you saw on this card? Because I was fucking with this card. I ain't gonna lie. Well, before I talk the crazy shit that was the fights, I'm gonna shout out the fans in Paris. Like, they were rivaling London, how lit they were in that crowd. And they were packed in the stadium before the main card. And you don't see that often, but they were packed in that motherfucker during the prelims. And uh, you, going crazy. You heard that boy gone. He was in that bitch. Messi. Messi, Messi. I was like, damn, how many times are you going to say thank you, nigga? God damn. The fans came out, but that was real shit. But the first thing I want to talk about, bro, we got the fucking the foot in the mouth. That boy, a bust mega met off. He, there's three hits. I know it says on the stats seven hits, but that's because by the time the homeboy was knocked out, the ref took a while, so a bus got some extra hits in. But he was out, and after, he had to put his whole foot in his mouth with that front kick, took Dustin Stufko's, like, Cleaned his clock, right? I don't know how else you could say it. Like this, he's and that was his debut in the UFC at middleweight. Like this boy just really put on a sh- like really just put the middleweights on notice. Just like hey, like new name in here. I'm a mega med off. Oh, is he? Is he Khabibino? I feel like his name's spelled a little different. His name's different, but anyone with the med off in their name, that little that little abbreviation at the end of the name. It's like it's like skiing. It's like skiing football. Like those are not who you want to deal with in the fourth quarter. Like if a ski is coming out in the fourth quarter, you're going down. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's crazy. So so he just put his whole foot in his mouth. You understand know how painful that is? Like imagine somebody else. five five toe discount. <laughs> And how long was this fight? Wasn't this the Because I walked into this fight. I walked in. I was like, fight was over. 19 was seconds. It was like the, the third fastest. It was like the third fastest finish for a debut at middleweight ever. So he put his name extra somewhere in the uh, history books with that one. Bro, I feel like every week there's some new UFC history going on. But that shit was lit, man. But nah, bro, I fucked with the, um, the opening fight. I thought there were a couple fights like, I'm pretty sure I was. I don't know if it was because I was drunk, but I was so wrong walking into a lot of fights because the first round would be nice and everything like that. But motherfucking. But then next thing you know, like Charles Jordan and Nate Wood, I'm thinking like Jordan, he looks like a dog. He's going to come through. Nah, Nate Wood, he came through. He had a nice, not a, he didn't win it. I don't think so, but he had a nice first round. But after that, Nate Wood took off. Like Nate Wood, somebody told him something in the motherfucking stands. And crowd and he fucking went crazy after that. And then like bro, Nate Wood. That's good wood. That's that Nate Goodwood. That's what they be calling that boy. 
I'm fucking dead. And I want to say he's the one that was out there looking for bitches afterwards. Like, motherfucker. Where do you think he got that nickname? Who do you think gave it to him? <laughs> I'm not, I like this fight because I, I, it was one of those few fights that I took a bet on. And I took Wood as an underdog because I remember at UFC London, he was he just destroyed it. And then Jordan was, had that fight of the night against Shane Burgos that was crazy. But Burgos was out wrestling him. And I was like, Nathaniel Wood's a wrestler. So, like, once he started taking him to the ground and taking him to the clinch, I was just like, there we go, Goodwood. Give me the decision win. That's all I need from you, man. As an underdog, that's all I want, just a win. Somebody say pause. But motherfucking, <laughs> motherfucking, yeah, that was a fun fight. But what, did you watch any of the Gomez fight? The Gomez fight, I was watching it, but I was this one I didn't pay too much attention to. I don't know why, because I was paying, I was going hard for the Jordanian Wood fight, but I don't know why I stopped watching it right after that. Nah, Gomez was doing his thing right there. He really was um piecing bro up, and then he had stupid control time. 8 4 to 14 seconds. One of it, and another French fighter, I'm not, I'm pretty sure all the French fighters won, or just about. I know they went like 3-0 and on the main card. Ooh, yeah, I think so. But my, I can't tell. Yeah, 5-0, and all French fighters won this weekend. Dang. But what about my dog? But we gotta we gotta pay homage to my dog Joe Quinn Buckley, man. That's a little nigga for that weight class. Like, man, what weight class are they in, motherfucker? Middleweight. That's a little bit. One eighty five, yeah. And like there was points in time, and, and the, the size difference between him and the other dude was fucking insane. Like, I feel like he was a better fighter. Like, probably had better skill set or natural raw talent. But that size was crazy. There was points in times it looked like. Joe Quinn Buckley was just like, bro, I got to fucking do something. And he was jumping to hit his ass, Buckley, <laughs> trying to get it in there. Buckley's the definition of, like, someone who he, he he's probably never being going to get ranked, but he's always going to be a tough fight. But he just, he just always goes in there and is ready to take somebody's head off. Like, like his like his power is small, but that little man packs a lot. Like, fucking, like, that punch, if he lands clean, he's taking your head off. So he's fun to watch because he does get has some crazy knockout highlights. Nah, he's a dude, man. I fuck with bro, but like, damn, I was mad that he lost that one. I'm not gonna lie to you. Any any other uh, shout outs before we ride into these uh co and main event? I mean, I want to talk about some other shit, but we really gotta get into my dog Bobby Knuckles. Like, I I, I apologize for the stall. Don't give me the knuckles, man. Bobby Knuckles getting the job done. You fucking, you just. There were so many slow-mo clips I was watching after the fight of, like, after he found his range and he could effortlessly hit him. And then, like, Fatori swings. And as the punch is, like, touching the the, chin, the hair on his chin, but it ain't actually connecting. And it's just like, wow. Whitaker, like, Whitaker's always been the smaller guy, but just someone who, like, the master of knowing his range and when someone's out of it and someone's in of it and his combos – and shit and just to shout out everything he said fuck it i'm gonna take you down before this fight's over in the third round and now he does like a weak takedown like a full-on goldberg spear like effortless takedown and i was that was just like i lost my mind at that moment i was just oh whitaker's is just rubbing his face in it at this point just this is this is crazy nah what's it called i think this fight was a proof that there's a one and two and um there's a one and two in um the, the division. It's Izzy and Redeker. And then there is no three. I don't even think there's a four. Like, I put Marvin Vittori at four and a half. Like, 
I had a lot of respect for Brett coming into this fight. I still got a lot of respect for him. He's like a physical, a physical god, like motherfucking the niggas huge at this fucking weight class. But Robert Whitaker is just so complete and so tough and so like there's not any openings when you hit him. Like I, as one of those dudes that you genuinely like, it's shocked to think that he's not a champion. Uh, former champion though, like he was there at one point, but does Israel Adesanya like? What Whitaker does really well, Israel Asani does it just as well, better with six inches of reach, seven inches of reach, and a height advantage. It's just like you were, damn. This is just you just got you just got the wrong person in front of you. Nah, dead motherfucking ass. But Jid is fucking nice. I wish I watched this Octagon interview afterwards, but I fucking love this fight. It was just cool to watch. Master class performance, like doubled his strikes in every category. Like, just completely outworked him. And Marvin Vittori just couldn't get anything going. There was not a single point where his strikes were doing anything. He couldn't shoot any takedowns because Whitaker didn't leave any openings. Like, trust me, if he thought there was openings, Vittori would have shot a takedown. And, like, the fact that he didn't shows you how well Whitaker, while putting on offense, had the defensive responsibility of knowing what not to do because he's going against a great wrestler. No, respect, man respect but i respect i still respect the toy i think he's up there but i think this division is kind of just like there's a there's just a class above yeah, the class and it's a big drop mm. after two like they need a gilbert burns type of motherfucker in there it's like a scary motherfucker to just really just go in and work things i don't know man someone new will come in and shake it up soon on to the main event though the fucking what stole the show, put the cherry on top, took the roof off the stadium, fucking Ciro gone versus Tai Tuivasa in a old school fashion slug fest that had both sides wobbled there. Like both sides walked out unscathed. I'm not unscathed, both walked out with injuries. Literally injuries. You love to see it, man. I motherfucking was on the live stream, but I got kidnapped from my motherfucking house to go to this birthday dinner I was late for. So I had to stream this bitch on my phone and leave the live stream and miss the fucking slobber knocker live. But I watched it when I got home. And motherfucking, I didn't know Tito Avasa had a fucking chin like that. My boy was, uh, uh, gotta keep fighting. Uh, gotta keep fighting. Uh. Now he was really in that bitch going ham. And like, he was... At, any chance he got, he sent them bitches back. I've never seen, to this day, I do not know what that, that head kick, if it, I'm pretty sure it wobbled Tai Tuivasa, but Tai Tuivasa being the badass that he is, was wobbled and just planted his feet and swung for the fucking fences and almost took on set off and like was all of a sudden not wobbled anymore. It was back into fading. And I was just like, I was talking so down on him because I thought he would be getting exposed, but like, We've spoken on it before. Some losses can, like, you, your stock can still rise. And I feel like tied to Avasa, like, everyone knew he was going to lose. The odds were insanely lot-figured. But the way he performed, he almost finished the fight. No cap. I'm not going to lie. I put him over Tom Aspinall right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I, I didn't think I had him over Tom Aspinall. He's over Tom Aspinall right now. That knockdown, like, yeah, the strikes will show you, like, gone – had 110 strikes, 110 significant strikes, whereas Tai Tuvasa only had 29. But those are, that was a big 29. All right. There is that second round. Tai Tuvasa went out there, dropped him. 
almost finished it. Gone got back up, but you can tell at that point, Gone was like a lot more like, hold on now. Like, oh, that was close. Like that was that was almost bad. Let me chill out. Let me let me nah. not get caught with that one again. And then he got caught up with that one again a couple times. Nah, Ty to Avas is a fucking dog, like straight up. The way he just really just sat there and stayed in the paint. And he just it was the it was his willingness to keep coming forward. Like also Korean zombie type shit. I was like, wow. Uh, you got my respect, homie. The body shots. I, there was a certain point at third round where Gone was hitting him in the liver, and you saw Tai Tuvasa just buckle. And all of a sudden, Gone hit him again, and he buckled some more. And I was like, oh, he's going to end it on a body shot. But Tai Tuvasa just fucking stood. He was backing off some, and Gone kept hitting him in the liver. And I was just like, that is the worst. Like, that's just insane. Like, the chin is one thing, but to be able to take the body shot to the liver – and just keep not drop and just like will yourself out of that situation. All hats off to Tai Tuivasa. That that was a legendary performance by both men. Like they really put it all on the line there. Nah, I'm respecting his men over there and doing us a little bit more now. Cause I always felt like he kind of was caught there. He was nah. That's just how he fights. <laughs> he was being the pocket, bro. He, and that was gonna come to me. Gone did what Gone does. He was just sharp, like faster. He was picking his spots. He he did say after the fight, I mean, take it how you want to take it, but he said that he feels that Tai Tuivasa was a harder hitter than Francis Nugano was. So that was just like a, I don't know if it was just a tip of the cap to Tai or if he acted like that. I don't know, because Tai does hit hard like motherfucker. We might have to put him on the punching thing. Hey, can we talk about the fact that motherfucking Francis Madonna was in that motherfucker next to Kamaru Usman and GSP, and they gave that nigga no screen time for nothing? Yeah, they like, white boy. I was like, that's why I can tell the paperwork in the signs. Like, paperwork is at a stalemate because like they didn't. They was literally going over back to Kamaru every chance they got. And, and GSP, not, I remember seeing him like four or five times. And did not show Nadani right there. Like, shit was crazy. We got to bring that up on the live stream. Like, yeah, you just go keep showing the Kamara Nadani. So, when Nadani ain't show up, all right, cool. And, like, there wasn't no, I bet you they wouldn't even, if Nadani tried to go step in that ring, they would have kicked bro out. Kicked bro out. Dana White would have been over that motherfucker. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't see Dana. Dana was there? No, he probably wasn't. That boy, busy man. He probably couldn't make it to Paris. Yeah. He gonna be he gonna be at UFC 279. You gonna you gonna watch Nate Diaz flick his ass off before um motherfucker Hazma takes his head off. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely gonna be there for that for Barry. <laughs> the but Gond leave walked out with a I think he broke his something like a, some something in his left hand. I don't know if it was a finger or knuckle or what, but something's broken. His ass was on Ariel Hawani's show with a cast and uh wrapped up and everything. How'd you feel about the knockout? The knockout was crazy. I was like, wow. Every time they replayed that bitch, I showed that to somebody, they was like, wow. There was a one angle from a fan recording from, like, above, from behind, and you see him clearly connect dead on the jaw, and it's like, the, and I was, like, from that angle, it was just like, poof, just like, damn, like, he was done. Like, that punch, Taito Voss was no longer in that ring after that punch. Taito Voss was, didn't know what happened. No, that shit was insane. That's that's MMA for you. You gotta love it. Yeah, I mean, and Paris, like th this is gone. Being how great he is, Paris doesn't have gr a lot of great fighters. So like gone being how this super 
like Anthony Joshua type figure that London had. Like he's just this, he looks like a Goliath, like the, the perfect, like a Greek god of a guy, and he can fight like it too. It's great for business because you know we they coming back to Paris and you know. Hey. I, I don't want them to do how they did USC London. They London too. They bought it a little too fast, and they brought and then brought back all the same fighters. But they definitely got to come back to Paris and like they just set the market. They just set the market out there. But wow. hey, man, anything else you got about this card? Nah, I'm good, man. But this this was been UFC niggas in Paris. <laughs> Motherfucking was vibing. They was chilling. Motherfuckers got their shit fucking clocked, and some people ate toes. It's been crazy. That's what happens when you let niggas in Paris. But this has been the Totally Bliss Podcast. If you didn't know, I really don't mind telling you it again. But don't forget to choose bitch. Got a problem with the end problem. Ready? Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not batting. Then my gang got tools. You can call them boy crap, man. This gang got rules, man. You better watch your past since this ain't not new. On that rock star regiment, knowing that I'm heaven sent, higher than I ever been. I got a problem with.